0: Hello and welcome to Business Lines Pulse podcast that tunes into all things health and pharmaceuticals. I'm Jyoti Datta. Over the last several months, we've all been pretty caught up with getting vaccinated and worrying whether, you know, there are enough supplies to go around. But behind this very visible and dynamic story, you know, there lie a whole segment of unseen heroes, if I can call them that, and who really keep this uh, vaccination cycle going. And I'm talking about syringe and needle manufacturers here, to name just one link in the whole chain. Earlier this week, you know, syringe and needle manufacturers, the um, representatives, they would sent out a very impassioned note urging the government to revisit a directive that had restricted them from exporting syringes. Something that they, you know, it would sort of put their hard-earned reputation on the line. To explain why syringe makers were feeling anguished, and we have with us today Rajiv Nath, who is, among other things, the president of the All India Syringes and Needle Manufacturers Association. He heads HMD. It's India's largest syringe maker. And if I'm not mistaken, it's also the largest global producer of auto-disabled syringes. Thank you, Mr. Nath, for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jyoti. And uh, I look forward to the opportunity of uh, clarifying any queries that you may have and to uh, reach out to your uh, readership and your audience uh, who may be concerned about the issue.
0: Right, right. So, uh, you know, syringes now both for COVID and non-COVID vaccinations with needles or without needles, all of this has been restricted from, you know, being exported. You'll have to take individual requests now for export. Can you just explain what exactly, uh, you know, is the situation that uh, manufacturers like yourself and the 20 other odd uh, makers of uh, these products in the country face?
1: Sure. So there are approximately about 20 surviving manufacturers for syringes. Uh, Every year, five or six factories come up and five, six factories close down uh, because it's a very competitive line. And uh, the current capacity in the country is close to 6 billion syringes per year, which is approximately 500 million syringes per month. Now, from this 500 million syringes per month, India on an average uh, has been exporting around Uh, 120 million syringes per month last year and that has increased to about 130-135 million syringes per month this year. So out of the 130-135 million syringes currently being exported every month from 500 million syringes capacity, uh, the government has throttled the exports and restricted it only to 40 million syringes per month. Other 40 million syringes uh, put in context is very low and very limited because a company like mine alone is exporting on an average around 50 million syringes a month. So this 40 million is much less than what my company exports. And uh, that becomes uh, completely alarming for companies like us, more so because uh, the export restrictions are applied to all sizes of syringes and not just the syringes which uh, uh, the government perceives to be running short for COVID, COVID vaccination. So we don't see why the government should be restricting uh, excess uh, or exports uh, uh, overnight for that. Uh, this is uh, uh, quite out of the blue for us.
0: Right. What happens then to the export commitments you've made or you know uh, others in the segment have made? I mean, we all know of serum and the vaccines that are uh, supplied to the world. But then, um, you know, even the syringe makers, you do supply to UN agencies like UNICEF or WHO, and you've been doing so for maybe decades now. So what happens to those commitments?
1: That's where we've been put into a very embarrassing position with our clients worldwide. So any customer is important for us, whether it's a distributor in Greece or a distributor in Dubai or a, a large buyer in a, a UN body, whether the WHO in uh, South America or the uh, UNICEF for us, who so may be buying millions of syringes every year from us. So, of course, uh, many countries uh, uh, like the whole African continent and uh, South Asia, they depend upon UNICEF for uh, us through UNICEF for the syringes for the children vaccination being the largest manufacturer for auto syringes. And the same thing goes also for South America via PAHO. Uh, PAHO is the Pan-American uh, Health Organization, which is the Uh, WHO uh, counterpart for the uh, North and South Americas. So it becomes embarrassing for us if uh, overnight we're not able to give them the quantities uh, which they expect us to deliver. Uh, Just to give an example, in September we were not able to ship out many of the orders we had in hand because of shortages of containers, because of uh, a global crisis in supply chain management where uh, shipping containers are not available and exports are getting impacted. So, around 35 million syringes, which were due to go in September, and could not go and they are lying in ready stock with us. This is in addition to the 40 to 50 million syringes, which we were uh, going to process as orders for October and similarly for November and December. Now, overnight, uh, we will be needing to dishonor those commitments and uh, this becomes uh, embarrassing because after we go back to them in January or February, we may not be welcome at all by these buyers. Because there is no advance notice, there is no backup plan, there is no timeline given to them. They can uh, get it from secondary countries or secondary sources. So uh, really embarrassing for us. What we've been seeking from the government is that, A, the syringes which are non-COVID in nature, for example, the large size syringes, 5cc and above, and the bulk of the exports typically internationally is for the 5cc syringe. Uh, they may be permitted to be exported freely without any controls. Uh, similarly, for the insulin syringes, because that can't be used for COVID, that's got a very fine integrated needle, which is intradermal injection. Uh, we're also seeking that the special syringes made for the Pfizer vaccine, the 0.3 ml, which is not being used in India, uh, may be continued to be supplied uh, to COVAX via UNICEF and via PAHO. Uh, So uh, those countries uh, uh, may not be deprived of that syringe because otherwise that is wasted capacity for India. Uh, For the sizes which the government uh, may be using, the 0.5 ml or the 2 ml, uh, we can understand the government's needs for that. We are willing to cooperate uh, with the government and offer more quantities. In fact, today itself, we had offered another 75 million syringes voluntarily from HMD to The government, uh, which they have agreed to uh, accept under the existing tender clauses, and uh, uh, that will be made available to the government by January next year. So, uh, from our side, definitely we are trying to do the best. uh, But we are requesting the government that whatever we've been supplying in the past, the earlier years, taking history as a basis, at least 50 percent of that quantity may be given as rationing to the past customers and on basis of the past orders, so that is simply not a tap off overnight. Uh, we can't let the uh, customers down. This is bad for India as a country uh, to be seen as a non-dependable supplier. It is bad for the manufacturers like us. It's not about money or profits, but it takes years of efforts, many exhibitions, many visits overseas, uh, many regulatory approvals and expenses for regulatory approvals to enter these countries and markets. And we would not like to see the Uh, image being tarnished. And a company like mine, uh, we are not selling as OEM under somebody else's brand name. All the syringes that we export, the 50 million syringes every month we export, go in our brand name under the Dispo brand name, which is popular also in India, or the Kojak brand name, which is popular worldwide as the auto disabled syringe. We would not like to see this brand India being tarnished. So our sincere plea to the government is yes, We are with you on the COVID vaccination drive. We have been ramping up capacity from 500 million syringes per year, which was around 42 million syringes per month capacity in June last year. We have currently increased it to 90 million syringes per month. And by next month, we hope to touch 100 million. So from our side and our whole team at HMD has been working around the clock, seven days a week without any shutdowns or lockdown period. Uh, to ramp up capacities and to make sure syringes would not be having a shortfall. And we knew that this problem would be coming in. So that's why we were quite uh, distressed last year. And uh, even when uh, COVID came on in April of last year, we had written to the Ministry of Health and sought uh, a plan to buy the syringes. And we requested them to consider stockpiling it. We had a factory which of surgical blades, which we were planning to demolish we told the government that we can hold back our demolition plans and convert that factory in six months' time to making syringes. I waited six months for the government to give me feedback. Finally, when the government did not come back to us and we had no clear plans uh, about this, so we went back to our long-term strategy of demolishing that building, which we did in uh, from December to January this year and started uh, approval of plans in January, February, and for from April, we have started the construction of the new factory over there to make uh, more capacity for cannulas and needle tubing, which is required for the long term for us and for the country. But uh, we could have uh, delayed that plan for the uh, time being, uh, seeing the immediate urgent needs for the country. Uh, but sadly, that communication was not forthcoming from the uh, from our own country. We did get a response from WHO and UNICEF. Uh, last year in June, uh, we had made the same request to CEPI, WHO, Gavi, and UNICEF, and they did realize that yes, there is merit in what we are saying. It's a matter of a matter of time when vaccines will be made available. Many manufacturers will step forward for vaccines, uh, and for every while produced, there are ten dosages. So, if some manufacturer is like institute is making two hundred million. Uh, dosages that means he's making about 20 million vials. So for every 20 million vials of Serum Institute, we have to make 200 million syringes, which becomes a, a tough call even for a company like ours. When the whole country is buying only 300 million syringes a year, when UNICEF buys only 600 million syringes of that type per year, suddenly the demand is going to go up many fold. Uh, So, we knew that it's a matter of time that even all of us eight manufacturers who have been WHO PQS approval, four of which have been qualified suppliers to WHO and UNICEF, will not be in a position to carry this burden by ourselves. And uh, the government of India did realize but only in October they had a dialogue with us and they started placing orders with us and other such manufacturers in December. And yes, since December we have been supplying But in April this year, we again wrote to the government that we have orders till September and what is the requirement of the country beyond September. And when the government did not come back to us, naturally, we started picking up orders from other countries and other sources. But then in June, we realized that, yes, the government is now announcing in the media and to the uh, Supreme Court and elsewhere that they're targeting uh, $2 people to be vaccinated by end of this year. And that's when we came back to again to the government and sought uh, clarity on, on the demand side and whether we need to get up for that. So only in, uh, I would say, June uh, this year that uh, the government came out with a tender in July this year, and they gave us two weeks time to bid for the tender. So we had already committed to UNICEF and we diverted 100 million syringes from UNICEF to the Government of India. And then the government realized there's a shortfall. So the government, we told the government, uh, look, the only way for possible is that uh, the country needs to, you have the fallback plan of using disposable syringes. If auto-disabled syringes are not available, the auto-disabled syringes are much safer. And they also save vaccine because uh, you get more dosages per while from auto disable syringe from a standard syringe. So the government did find merit in our advisory and they did realize that, yes, there's a need to go back to disposable syringes. And they immediately called for a tender for disposable syringes in July. And they also sought help from UNICEF to get auto-disabled syringes from other manufacturers worldwide uh, in July. And UNICEF India took a tender for that to shore up the supplies and to help the government's uh, ambitious target for 2 billion pieces by end of this year. And thereafter, the government has placed orders with around 15 manufacturers to buy disposable syringes. Now, the government gave only two weeks time for these manufacturers to respond. Now, this is the challenge because even though most manufacturers are running at hardly 50% capacity, by capacity, there should have been no shortfall available to even give two billion injections from disposable syringes. But yes, there was not enough response in the tender. And that's where the government may have felt that disappointed that the response is less than their expectation because they gave only two weeks time for the manufacturers to come forward. And there are stiff penalty clauses for manufacturers in case they don't deliver on time. The manufacturers don't make needles in most cases. Unlike HMD, we make our own needles, we make our own cannulas, our own pipes. But most manufacturers are importing these components from China and other countries. They import the canulas from other countries. They also maybe buy the gaskets from other countries. They buy packaging material from other countries. And that inventory, which may be ordered or in the pipeline, would be as per the standard procurement uh, averages, and not a cheap increase in demand suddenly. So you'd require a couple of months just to get the shipments into place and the inventory being shipped to you. So this cannot be done in a few weeks' time and the government wants the delivery in three to four months' time, which becomes a tall call. So had there been better planning, had this uh, been discussed with us people earlier, like we had been requesting, uh, had the ordering cycle given more time to manufacturers and to our company, we would have made sure that the capacities would have been ramped up and what capacities are spared would have been timely used. So that the governments need are met and there'd be no need for having this, uh, uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction uh, of feeling that the country cannot provide enough. So let us stop the exports. Uh, this is really not good for country.
0: Absolutely yes. In fact, uh, you know, so much of planning and forecasting that is involved, and like you're saying, you know, you you'll have been watching the way the government's been ramping up its uh, vaccination and, and the plans that have been there and, you know, sort of planning parallelly. I also understand that, you know, some of the companies even, you know, stop taking export orders, uh, you know, uh, sort of preparing for this year-end ramp up that could be happening in India. So even your cutback on your export orders as well. Taking, yes. Yeah.
1: So most of us who are in this business for many years, do know that there's a seasonal spike in demand between in healthcare delivery, not only for syringes, but every medical device, between June of every year till uh, October of every year. And there's, after that, a steep decline in demand between November, middle, uh, till March every year. So this spike has again come back. Non-COVID healthcare has again spiked up this year. Uh, There's a lot of cases of dengue, typhoid, uh, malaria, And now next will be chicken guniya. So these are seasonal cycles that we see every year. Had this cycle not been up, taking this year, if it was the same thing like last year. So last year, there was a big fall in non-COVID demand. A company like mine had cut back its production by 60%. And that's where we were feeling distressed that we were letting off people. We were uh, shutting down shifts. We were uh, canceling orders with our suppliers. And we knew that uh, on one side for six months, we are cutting back our capacities and other manufacturers are also because the non-COVID demand has come down. And once the vaccines will be required, then there'll be a shortfall in the capacity. So this will bite us, but there's a limitation between any small mid-sized company and even a company like mine. There's only so much inventory you can store. Maybe you can store one month stock, two weeks stock, but you cannot store three to four months stock of production. Because right. syringes is voluminous like bread. You cannot uh, keep that kind of inventory and then waste the money for that. Right. So this is where buyers like UNICEF who uh, understand pandemics worldwide, Red Cross etc, they do understand this issue. So they had put up a pandemic stockpile warehouse uh, on a temporary basis in Dubai and started buying from manufacturers and collecting syringes over there for need for this year. So that is the forward way of thinking of doing this. Unfortunately, that was not timely enough in India, and that opportunity was lost. Uh, It takes nine months time to one year's time to order plant and machinery, uh, very highly automated processes that we have. And uh, during COVID times, most of the deliveries from our overseas suppliers are going late. Engineers are not available. They cannot travel to India. Commissioning is a challenge. Installation is a challenge. So what would be put up in two weeks time, maybe we are are struggling to commission those machines in two to three months time and get the efficiencies up to the required levels. So our team has done a a commendable uh, uh, job uh, and really took up the challenge of installing and commissioning these machines on their own without help of foreign engineers coming uh, to the country. But uh, I would say there is only so much that can be done. As on date, uh, we are still in the process of going forward with our expansion plans. And that risk we've taken based on the expansion plans because of the uh, clear guidances which are available to us from our overseas buyers, what they need from us for 2022 and 2023. Now, this may not be a firm order to us, but there is a comfort level. Yes, the client will be needing that and they will not let us down. There is a verbal assurance available to us. Based on that, we've been adding capacity and even right now, we're in the process of adding another clean room to make another uh, 20 lakhs syringes per day, which we plan to uh, put up starting from next month and finish it by February, uh, next year in a phase manner, uh, four different production lines in that. So nearly one production line every month, uh, we plan to bring in over there. Right. We're also putting up a greenfield factory, which I told you we have broken up a building and demolished the building and rebuilding that uh, to increase the capacity to make cannulas and the stainless steel pipe used to make the needles uh, and increase the capacity from 4 billion cannulas uh, per year to 6 billion cannulas per year uh, so that uh, we have enough capacities available for the country. So we do share the Prime Minister's vision uh, and passion for an Atmanirbhar Bharat. We've been following that philosophy in our company for many years and we fully understand and empathize where he's coming from. And we've been competing with imports, uh, not only in India, but competing with the uh, market leaders uh, internationally in India and elsewhere, uh, and build our credibility worldwide. We would hate to see this credibility get destroyed. And I think there needs to be a dialogue, there needs to be a middle path, and there can be better management. Right,
0: right. So, you know, in 2020, one can understand everybody was sort of, uh, you know, learning as they went along, but then... Um, To see even in 2021, um, you know, isn't there more uh, dialogue between industry and government on what are the requirements and, you know, you've sort of indicated that you've been approaching uh, government on this, but uh, hadn't things improved as in, I thought government was being way more responsive in terms of getting uh, industry to, you know, supply its requirements for the country.
1: Well, a few meetings did take place in October last year and in January this year and periodically some meetings have taken place but they've been taking place to discuss tenders at a micro level. What are tender clauses, who can supply what, whether they're supplying on time, whether their delivery is being time for these various 15 manufacturers. So it's been a micro kind of a thing. There's been nothing which is holistic. We've been seeking that why don't you make a like a conference kind of a meeting between all the syringe makers, between all the vaccine makers us understand what the vaccine timelines really are. You know, we are committed to know about the vaccine plans from newspapers like yours. That uh, Cadila is planning this. Uh, another one is going to be coming from Johnson Johnson. Uh, Biologically is planning on this. We've not had any dialogue with these manufacturers. When we reached out to the manufacturers, they tend to keep the cards very close to the chest, like it's a very big commercial secret. Uh, they would not like to let out. And historically, we are not suppliers to the vaccine makers, understand that. Historically, it's the governments of the world who buy the vaccines directly and they buy the syringes separately. So there is no, in most cases, not really a buyer seller kind of a relationship with most vaccine makers. Yes, certain companies like uh, Serum Institute for certain uh, critical vaccines, uh, which they cannot get any other drug delivery, specialized syringes they do buy from us, But that's only for that kind of uh, uh, injection and for the rest not. So there is a very limited communication over there. For example, we know from newspaper stories that uh, Bharat uh, Biotech is coming out with a nasal vaccine. Whether it's going to be a nasal spray, it's going to be a dropper that is going to be used. Is it going to be like, like a dropper going to be used in a polio vaccine? We don't know. Should we invest in that technology? Should the country need that? Because, you know, most vaccine makers focus only on their core competence. So my job is to make oral vaccine, I'll make it. Drug delivery, what is required, the syringe, proper, whatever, that is the government's job to buy it. and they'll buy it and not my job to coordinate all that. So in the past, that's been the history and we were afraid of this history and that's we were, we were trying to be proactive and communicate with the government. But uh, this kind of communication did not happen. We did have this kind of communication internationally. So organizations like PATH, uh, the Gates Foundation, WHO, UNICEF, uh, various other NGOs, along with various other global manufacturers and even downstream suppliers, I've, even the uh, logistic uh, companies uh, were in conference calls uh, reviewing uh, what would be the estimated need for injecting uh, or uh, vaccines to 8 billion population of the world whether there's enough supplies available. And then it came out that, yes, maybe around a billion syringes are short. And then a billion syringes between four to six manufacturers is not a big deal to uh, recover in a one year time period. But yes, if it is more than a billion, then what needs to be done? So those are the kind of discussions we've been having on a realistic manner. And we've been seeking for India to be part of those discussions or China to be part of the discussions. Because when the big countries are missing in those discussions, they're buying or not buying as an upheaval. For example, for next year, we only have an order for 75 million syringes. Now, for the whole next year, we have a capacity to make a billion syringes now. So what is 75 million? So if the government is not going to buy 75 million, then I need to find buyers for January, February, March, April. Otherwise, what do we do with this huge capacity? So we need to tell UNICEF very clearly, and then you tell the countries, and then you to have commitments from them, that how many million of syringes they'll be buying on a quarterly basis for each country. And there are more than 120 countries be catered to. So everybody's need has to be balanced and to be made in a realistic manner, in a planned manner. And of course, India comes first. So if India says we want 200 billion or 400 million, we'll say fine, 400 million reserved for India, 600 million is reserved for WHO and UNICEF and other international tenders which come out like Sri Lanka or Nepal for which we have been saying now. But if you don't get that clarity, then becomes an awkward position that tomorrow, suppose in January, Comment government says, no, we want 600 billion and we already have committed our capacity worldwide and we start cancelling those orders, then it's bad for India, bad for HMD, bad for business.
0: Great. You did mention the global picture. Is there a concern globally you know, in terms of syringe shortages now? You know, on one side, you
1: had the whole vaccines issue and then, you know, the pressure on Yes. yes. So the shortest story started last year. Again, just uh, it was the same thing what happened internationally, which I was uh, forewarning that Pfizer came out with a vaccine out of the blue, which was to be delivered by 0.3. know, they did not imagine because they're not a syringe company, that 0.3 delivery is going to be a big issue. Now, most vaccine delivery is internationally done by a one cc syringe if it's a disposable syringe or a 0.5 ml syringe, if it's an auto-disable syringe. A 0.3 ml syringe typically is not available. So suddenly people were scurrying in USA and Europe for a, a syringe which could give a 0.3 ml, which would be low dose pairing and uh, low dead space, a special design which will not waste the uh, expensive medication in the vaccine. So the same problem came to us in November. We came to about it. And by December, we had done the development of the product and went for WHO PQS and got the WHO PQS by January first week. Got our first order from UNICEF in the first week of uh, January and gave them first delivery by March. And then we made more molds and more uh, capacity availability so that by June this year we started making the supplies to them. Now this all this takes time to gear up, so because of that, there were acute shortages for 0.3 ml syringes. In USA and Europe and a global shortage over there. Japan and Brazil had shortages. So they were willing to even waste the medication and go for a 1ml syringe or 2ml syringe. And they placed orders with us to buy the syringes by air freight. So we were shipping in January and February disposable syringes to Japan and to Brazil by air freight which was 8 to 10 times the price of the product because they had the vaccines but no syringes available. And now we come to the same situation in India, where it's like, you know, you have the bullets available, but no guns to fire them. That's the ironical part. So people have been focusing on vaccines. They've been forgetting that vaccine supply chain management is not enough. You do need to plan for syringes and the supply chain management for that.
0: Right. Right. and when india you know when, when you have these issues with uh, you know holding back syringes who steps in to take uh, take their place which who's your you know who are the other countries that make syringes and will now step in who could step in competitively
1: so this is actually what what happened was that historically the uh, most of the developing world have been buying the syringes from china They were finding uh, Indian syringes too expensive. Uh, The mid-economic countries like Middle East or Philippines, Singapore, etc., Southeast Asia, they would be buying uh, Indian syringes. They were more expensive than Chinese, but better quality. And the Western world was buying syringes from the Western world. So they would buy the American syringes or the German syringes, for example. And the dynamics completely changed because uh, with covid uh, China kept the syringes for themselves mainly, they became a shortage for syringes in the developing world. And then India became a focus, so even the other syringe manufacturers started getting orders. So, like I mentioned to you, we were getting orders in the beginning of the year from Brazil and Japan. Right. But when we were getting repeat orders in April and May, we knew that the spike in demand is going to be coming, like it comes every year between June and October. So we declined that business completely. We told them, sorry, we will not be having any spare capacity because we knew if that spike in demand comes this year, we need to keep capacity available for India first. Our home country needs come first for that. So we declined that business. It's only the long-term contracts we went forward. But any tenders which came from Sri Lanka, from Nepal, Bangladesh, neighboring countries, which were short-term for deliveries to be given in two months' time, three months' time, we did not even bid for those tenders because we knew we could not honor those commitments. We sacrifice our business.
0: Right. Right. So, you know, uh, come to my last question here. So it's not a very happy situation when, you know, you have to hear that the industry gets hit. But in the process, what is getting sort of tarred tarred in a larger sense is also the country's image, which, you know, gets this uh, tag of being undependable. So, uh, when you're, uh, you know, you would, uh, hopefully the government steps forward and there is more dialogue, what you are asking them is to plan ahead and tell you in 2022, what is your requirement and, uh, you know, so that all of you can have enough and there's enough syringes to go around and to export and take that rightful place as, as a, you know, manufacturer for the world.
1: Yes, because sense that we keep on getting informally from the government is, that our target is $2 by December, we may need some syringes by January a little bit, but our main requirement will be over. So that means the tap is going to be turned off within India. So if that is going to be the case, then let us know, so that we can start booking orders elsewhere. That's the huge dilemma for us, because this whole investment of 100, 150 crore rupees, which my company has done, that return on the investment will not come in 10 years' time. We are selling the price of the product which we were supplying last year. Now, if we were getting 20% or 15% profit margin last year, we're getting hardly 5% margin now. So uh, because of the cost of inflation, plastic pricing, everything has gone up in the last one year's time. So with such meager margins, it has very challenging to get the return on the investment going forward, because we'll be saddled with huge surplus capacities. So, how do we service the debt? How do we service the investment that we made? If it's a 20% uh, return uh, we're getting, that means you will take five years to get back return on the investment. Now, we cannot see this coming back in five years' time. So, of course, we've done that for the country and for the uh, priority. So, on one side, you know, next week on Monday will be. Uh, in a position to joyfully announce uh, that we've given 500 million syringes to India uh, for India's needs in 10 months' time. But uh, I don't feel the joy anymore because uh, with this uh, rap on the knuckles by UNICEF, they're upset with us for canceling the orders, uh, calling us that uh, this puts us into an undependable category. Uh, the government of India not being happy, they ex- cancel uh, our export business. So. You know, uh, we still keep up people unhappy. So we've tried our best, but still we've got unhappy people. So we can only say sorry to the world and sorry to India.
0: That's a very uh, sad note to sort of have to end on. I only hope that this gets sorted out sooner and, uh, you know, with conversations and dialogue and everyone's able to proceed uh, with their work thank you so much from the business line team and myself to you uh, rajiv i do hope this gets sorted
1: out for all of you thank you for our endeavor is dialogue our endeavor is a win-win for everybody the government should win the entrepreneurs should win the country should win the clients overseas should win there should be a balanced way of taking things forward and it will be a win for everybody by better supply chain management thank you Great.
0: thank you